when I introduce myself. My name is Josiah Boyd. Um, my dad is Joshua Boyd at Life Christian Church. Um, about me, I grew up in the church, um, but I never like learned anything. If that makes sense, like I grew up in it and around it, and I knew just enough to like regurgitate the right answers at certain times. Um, which spoiler alert, like ninety percent of them are Jesus loves you. Um, but I was really good at just answering those questions. Uh, when I was seven years old or eight years old in 2007, whenever it was, uh, we moved to Las Vegas from Indiana. My dad was a part of several churches uh, back in Indiana. Uh, then we moved here. We took a little bit of a sabbatical. During that time, we uh, started up a sports chaplaincy program for combat sports called Fight Church. And with that, it's like every chaplain program, right? You uh, go out to the people, you meet them. Uh, every football team has a chaplain, every hockey team, every NASCAR team. Um, uh, combat sports does not, so we were kind of the first ones in the fight capital of the world to do it. Uh, so I grew up in that. Uh, I did Muay Thai for a little bit. I did some boxing. I wrestled a couple years in high school. Uh, really, my favorite one was Jiu-Jitsu. I'm currently a purple belt in the 10th Planet System, which is all no-gi, so I don't wear the pajamas. I just wear shorts and a t-shirt. Um, and then later in life, um, I joined the National Guard. Uh, I'm still in it currently. Uh, I serve with a unit up in Reno, uh, 757. Um, I live in Vegas, so once a, once a month I get to do uh, a beautiful drive up north where I get scared going through some towns and lock my doors and stuff, you know? Um, what else? Oh, uh, I'm a chaplain's assistant in the National Guard. That's another thing that all plays into it. Um, I wanted to say that mainly because there's been a lot of times in my life where, uh, to keep it 100, as the kids say, um, I try to leave the church. I'm kind of like, thank you so much. Teaching was fun. I grew up in it. I served my time. Thank you. Um, but every time I do, I get like dragged back in. So for instance, uh, I was helping out with Fight Church a bunch, and then I turned 18, and I was like, all right, I'm done. Senior year of high school, I'm getting out of here. And then I was asked by uh, Mr. Childers if I would teach youth at my church. And I was kind of like, I don't know. And then it kind of felt like God was like, all right, let's do this. So because I had learned to regurgitate a lot, I had to read all kinds of books and stuff. Um, then I joined the National Guard, became a chaplain's assistant. I deployed last year. I was over in uh, Poland, went over to Germany, up to Lithuania, down to Romania, got to meet all kinds of cool people, get involved with things, you know, help the soldiers, help locals, and all that. So it was a lot of fun. And now I'm here. I'm the guy every Tuesday that drives up here and I'm sure your kids have been you've been driving your kids home or something and you were like he was wearing what? grass skirt and a coconut bra? he said what to you? like what? <laughs> he gave you what? so that's probably me I apologize um, so yeah so that's that's me just so you guys know more about me I felt like I needed to do the long version since uh most Tuesdays, I'm hanging out with your kids, you know? You really need to vet those people, you know? Um, so, we're going to actually continue the little series that we were doing with them. Um, so, to give you a little overview, to kind of show you a little bit of what we're teaching there. Um, the first week I spoke here, I taught everybody to believe in themselves. I told a story about how when Peter walks on the water, in my favorite translation to the NIV, he grabs it 
Jesus grabs Peter and he says, you of little faith, why do you doubt? And my whole life, I thought he meant, why do you doubt me? Why do you doubt Jesus? But I really think he means, why do you doubt yourself? You can do amazing things, and I know you can do amazing things. So I taught them to believe in themselves because Jesus believes in them. The second week, I scared a lot of adults in the room because I handed each child a rock. And I gave them two rules. Don't throw it and don't eat it. So um, I don't think anybody did, but you never know. But I taught them the heart of the stone, uh, heart of stone. How if you keep going down the wrong path, you're only going to get colder and colder and colder, and your heart is only going to be hardened. The next week, I taught them being tied to sin, how addiction can hold you back and hold you down, and how we need to be better people moving forward. Then we got into uh, the blood covenant. I didn't actually do what I was going to do that week because I thought it would traumatize them. Um, I actually set it up and I was like super happy. I like had like this little stuffed animal that I put fake blood in and everything and I was going to cut it open. And But then like halfway through the sermon I was like, that's probably not smart. So I didn't. But we, we learned about the blood covenant and how Jesus continues to hold up that covenant with us today. The next sermon we had was rags to riches. Um, and we're actually going to talk a little bit about that today. How... Um, we're always trying to go back to chapter 1 and chapter 2 of Genesis. And then the last time I was here, uh, it was titled Smells Like Teen Spirit. And we worked on how we need to have a proper spirit and how this spirit is really what's important. Today, it's called the nitty gritty. And it's going to be a little hard for me to teach because I'm all about peace and love and camaraderie and we're all in this together. Um, but today we're going to talk about some harder stuff. Um, but ultimately today we're going back and we're going to learn some of the basics. In the sermon we're going to explore <laughs> and talk of some of the subjects and that are a little bit more difficult. So, to catch you guys up, when God created the world, he created a beautiful place full of blessings. In youth group, we explored this idea. When you look at the Bible, in chapter 1 and chapter 2, God creates this wonderful place where everything is exactly where it needs to be. Everything coincides, everything works together, everything is perfect. Chapter 1 and 2 is beautiful. There's no pain, there's no war, there's no famine, there's no bad stuff, there's no, there's no sin, there's nothing. It's perfect and it's truly amazing. And then with a simple mess up, he introduces humans and they get to do whatever they want and like I always teach the kids, I don't know about you guys, but if I came in here today and you said, Josiah, you can't go back through that door. I would do everything in my power to go back through that door. Because I don't know what's over there, but I want to know simply because you told me I can't go over there. And that's how most humans are. And that's what happens in chapter 3. They're not supposed to eat the fruit. They end up eating the fruit. And this introduces all kinds of horrible things into the world. They get cast out. But we're always trying to return to chapter 1 and chapter 2. Everything we do is trying to get back there, back to that state of peace, back to that perfect world. We're always moving in that direction. Even as we struggle, God has done things to help us live better lives, even going as far as sending His one and only Son to die for our sins. So as we struggle, as we go through these horrible things, um... God has tried to set up things for us, such as the blood covenant with Jesus, 
where he came, sent his one and only son to die for our sins, which that's a whole other sermon. I won't get into it today. But it's really bloody and horrible, but it's the ultimate sacrifice to make sure that we as humans are still shown that we are loved every single day, no matter what. If this is your first week, you're pretty much caught up now on almost all of this. God gave us everything we needed. We suck. He continues to love us, so he sends his one and only son to die for our sins. And then for some reason, we continue to suck. Because of this, God has held back in ways on a lot of his blessings towards us. This is where we get into some of the harder stuff. The first couple are going to be a little easy to comprehend, and then it's going to kind of go downhill. But because of this, uh, he holds back on his blessings. So this is so that bad people don't get to indulge in these wonderful things that God has provided for us. If people who don't do the right thing could receive God's gifts, why would they ever stop doing what they're doing? Raise your hand if you're a parent, or you're an older sibling, or you've ever looked after anything. If someone does something wrong, you're not like, good job, man, let's get some ice cream. Here's a cookie. You did it. It's like, no, you're like, what is wrong with you? Do you do this? What? Who raised you? It's like, no, you did something wrong. You don't get rewarded. So bad people do bad things, so they don't get to receive God's blessings, because then you're just rewarding bad behavior. Another hard concept for people to grasp is God doesn't give his blessings just because someone needs them. I've worked with a lot of people in the short time I've lived on this earth. I've met a lot of people who do a lot of bad things. Between working in a church, working in the fight community, and being in the army, I've had the privilege, mainly because of my position, to work with some of the grimiest people in the world. Some of the like, there's just so many times where you just sit there and you're like, like, what is wrong with you? Like, I know you need love, and I'm here for that, but like, you can only lead a horse to water, you can't make it drink type stuff. And in the great words of Southern women, a lot of them, they just need Jesus. And I'm trying to introduce that to them. Because in the end, sin creates this need and want for a better life. It creates this want and this need to be a better human. It's this need and want to be a part of God's beauty. But if a horrible person could just be horrible and sit at rock bottom with all their mess that they've created and just reach into God's righteousness and get it simply because they need it, just like before, we would be rewarding bad behavior. Plus, all the bad people in the world who just leave destruction in their past would be rewarded simply because they would be the ones who need it the most. All of them, they just leave destruction behind them and they would be rewarded simply because they need it, but not because they could quote-unquote want it. Another hard concept for people using religion to open the doors to God's blessing. Religion is a man using a structure created by man to attempt to reach God. It's man's way, not God's way. I see this a lot across the spectrum. Whether people are brand new believers or people who have been believers their entire lives, I call it the punch card method. 
the idea comes from going to work, right? And you clock in. But there's always like that person that we all know. And as I explain it, you'll picture maybe one or several people. But they do just enough to not get fired. And ju- to just collect a check. Like they're there, but they're not like there, you know? Like, hey, can you go do that? And they're like, yeah. And then they kind of like mosey on over and do something. They're just kind of like moving t-shirts around. Or they're just like slapping their keyboard. Like hoping that you're like, oh yeah, that guy's working. But they're not pushing themselves forward in their career, right? They're not becoming better. And they're not pushing the company forward to become a better company. They simply just exist. I see this in the church a lot, too. People come and complain about how their lives are horrible and how they have no idea where God is, that God's turned their back on them, that he's never around. Now, I like to talk things out, work through things, right? So when we get to talking, I always kind of hear the same things. They're like, I go to church every Sunday. I pray before every single meal. I always give my tithes or offerings. I read my Bible every morning or every night before I go to sleep. I do devotions. I'm a part of a small group. I do everything you're supposed to do. And as we talk... I learned that they don't just do these things because they want to be better. They do these things because that's what you've always done. Quote, unquote, that's what Christians do. They don't do it to grow. They simply do it because they're punching their card. They're just like the employee. They're just existing. Now, don't get it wrong. I'm not saying all these things are wrong. You should be doing these things but you should be doing it because you care. You want to grow. You want to be better. Uh, A lot of people, and then another concept that's really hard, we talked about it a little bit in youth. um, (laughs) I'm going to explain it to you like how I explained it to them pretty much. Just because you do good things doesn't mean they're good things. Again, in my life, I've met a lot of cool people who do a lot of cool things. But they'll do something like give to the poor and they'll be like holding their giant check while they're handing it over and they'll be like looking around like, is everybody seeing this? Are you seeing me do this amazing thing? Do you see? Are you going to write an article about it? Take a picture of it? Another thing I've seen people do is like give to the poor or give to the needy during like Christmas or they serve at a soup kitchen or they do something like that. And the whole time they're like, here, snap this Instagram photo really quick. Put this on Snapchat. Put it on TikTok because I'm a good person. And it's like they just want that comment section to fill with, oh, you're such an amazing person. You're doing amazing things. You're going places. It's like they're doing it for quick, easy responses. Are they doing good things? Yeah. But are they doing it for the right reason? No. God doesn't want you to be a clout chaser. The best way I've looked at this is... um, I was in Poland during all the riots, so I got on my news about nine hours late. But one of my favorite things to watch was uh, when they're rebuilding, um, you know, Baltimore, Portland, or really any major city you could list, and they were rebuilding it. Um, And then, like, someone would, like, jump out of a car, and they, like, run over to a construction worker while they're rebuilding. They're like, can I hold your drill really quick? And they're, like, holding a drill, and they're like, see, rebuilding Portland, hashtag loving life. And then, like, everybody's like, oh, you're so amazing. And then they just jump back in their Tesla and drive home. And it's like, no, you didn't help nobody. You didn't do nothing. One of my favorite 
on the other side of the spectrum is uh, Chris Farley. Um, I watch his documentary because I love him. And uh, one of my favorite parts is he's going somewhere doing something and he's like, hey, do you want to come with me? And the guy's like, sure, where are we going? He's like, oh, you'll see. And he goes to like a soup kitchen and he just kind of like gears up and he just starts serving soup and then he like goes to like a shelter and he's like performing like little comedy and skits for all the guys at the shelter and then he like goes to like this um like children's hospital and he's like making them laugh even though you know they're dying and his friends like he he's later in life after chris farley dies he says he's talking to chris farley's brother and he goes did you know i didn't know he did all that i didn't know he did these things and he's like man i'm gonna be real that was my brother, and I didn't know he was doing it. And it's like, that's what I want. <laughs> I want to do things because they're good, and they're going to help people, and we're going to do amazing things together. I want to read our Bibles and worship and you know, help the poor and give to the needy and you know, do all these amazing things that all these people say they're doing, but I want to do it for all the right reasons. I want to build a better world. I want to return back to chapter 1 and 2. I'm not doing it because I want people to be like, man, Josiah, you're such an awesome guy. You're such a swell dude. No, I want to do it because I want people to be like, wow, I want to be like that. I don't want them to be like me because I have a million TikTok followers. I want them to be like me because I'm a good person. Now, we've talked about all the horrible stuff. And some of you are probably thinking at this point, who is this 22-year-old punk kid going to get up here and tell me I've been doing it wrong my whole life? I'm sorry. But I do it wrong too, and that's why I talk about it. But here's some good stuff. Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. You... You have done foolish things, and from now on, you will be at war. God loves people, and He wants all of us to go into the world and create and do amazing, amazing things. He looks throughout the world, searching and recruiting people to teach and help those around them so that they can teach and they can help those around them. That's what something like this is doing. Am I good at this? I don't know. People tell me I am, but I felt like I was going to puke the whole time in the back because standing up in front of crowds scares me. But every time I try to walk away, he's like, nope, come here. We're going this way. And I'm like, roger that. Let's do this. He's doing that to anybody and everybody. He helped us before. He sent Jesus. He made the ultimate sacrifice with Jesus. And today, he continues to help with that covenant that was fulfilled by Jesus. We're always going somewhere doing something. We're going to do amazing things. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 um, says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. God is amazing, but as we've learned today, He does not want to reward wrongdoings. We need to stop and ask God to come into our hearts. We have to admit when we're wrong and surrender to Him. And this concept is not just for new believers. Sometimes we get caught up in that, 
that we've been doing it for so long that it's not for us anymore. I know I get caught up in this. I mean, I read a bunch of books. I did a bunch of cool stuff. And sometimes I, too, get caught up in, well, I've done my time, right? I did my thing. Now it's your turn to surrender and give to God. But it's like me, too. i got to keep myself in check. Just because, like I said earlier, you read your Bible, you do your devotions, and you give and all that, it doesn't mean that you're perfect. It doesn't mean you've figured it out yet. One thing I've learned in life is no matter how many books I read, no matter how many podcasts I listen to, no matter how many questions I ask, I have barely scratched the surface on this thing. I'm never going to get it. Until the day I die, I'm going to be explaining things. I mean, I hope to be like that guy that like sits on your porch when you're like a thousand years old and you're like drinking tea. And like, they'll be like, Grandpa, do you understand everything? And I want to be like, nah, not even close, man. I want to be like that, especially about something amazing like this. So all of this is, even for those who have veered off the path, no matter how many years you've been doing this, we need to grow in our own faith. And we just need to believe when things are, we can't just believe when things are going good. That's another thing that people come down to. All of a sudden, God turns their back on them when things start to go bad, as if like life isn't all up and down. <laughs> Where was God when that happened? It's like, I'm probably around, dude. <laughs> like, life isn't going to be perfect every single day. Sometimes mics go out. Sometimes a long slides up. Sometimes some dude shows up in a weird shirt. It's like, that's how it is. It's going to be weird. It's going to be hard. But you can't just believe when it's going good. You need to keep that faith at all times. I run into people all the time that like, when the going's going good, they're all like, yeah, God's got me. This is rad. This is awesome. It's like, but when the going gets tough, all of a sudden it's like, I don't know, he just doesn't love me anymore. It's like, I don't think that's true. I think he loves you at all times. (laughs) No matter what, no matter where you've been, what you've done, he loves you. I promise that. We need to keep our faith after we get knocked down or when things start to feel like they're ending. We need that faith. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 5 through 7. It says, If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Those who doubt should not think they will receive anything from the Lord. Um, I don't know if you guys have like turned on the news or anything, but the world is nuts. Um, and last year, I got to see it in different countries. And then, like, for instance, just a quick example. When I left to go to Poland, it was January 2nd. The craziest things that were going on was North Korea was doing some weird stuff, but when aren't they? Um, Australia was on fire. A lot of people forgot about that. Um, when I got into country, the craziest thing that was like ending 2020 was uh, Kobe Bryant died. And everybody was like, oh, it's all over. I was like, dude, we barely scratched the surface. <laughs> like two months later, no one's allowed to leave. Everyone's buying guns. Like everything's going crazy, right? The world is nuts. So what I always talk about is this really, quote-unquote, dusty old book. Um, I want to be like the guys in here. 
the guys who went against the grain. I'm trying to get back to my Christian roots, as people say. These guys were persecuted, run out of towns, rocks thrown at them for simply believing in something, for simply approaching something a certain way, for literally sharing love, sharing peace, giving off the fruits of the Spirit. That's what I want to be a part of. I want to be that guy. I want people to be like, there's something wrong with that guy. What is it? What does he do? He loves everybody. And he's always giving stuff to people. And he's always smiling. What's wrong with him? It's like, I don't know. He looks happy. He looks like he wants to help people. Why are you this way? I want to be that guy. The crazy thing is, I can't do it alone. Like as cool as it would be to be like, yeah, I was the only one. No. I want you guys to come with me. I want us to be a part of it. I was telling someone about you guys the other day, and I don't know why, but we were stuck on this like tactical lingo, and I was like, yeah, we're all part of God's army, and we're going to go do awesome stuff. I was like, I'm about to visit an outpost out on Overton. I was like, what? <laughs> Why'd you word it like that? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Like, in my brain, that's just how things work, I guess. But like, that's how it is, right? Like, I know now that I got brothers and sisters, and not just that, but mentors here, right? So I read, I read a couple more books, and I happen to know a couple more people. That's why I'm standing up here. You guys are going to teach me all kinds of stuff. Stuff I never knew. Stuff I never looked at a certain way. Stuff I've never approached in a certain scenario. So, uh, you know, you guys are going to teach me. But we've got to keep that faith. I tell people, it's probably going to get a lot worse before it starts getting better. And that kind of sucks. But I'm going to keep doing me, keep living my life, and do what's right. Last thing I want to tell you guys is, it continues the world is a crazy place. One thing I always tell everybody is, in my eyes, it's not left or right. It's not blue or red. It's not cut and dry. It's not black and white. This world is insane. And it is crazy right now. A lot of us aren't left or right, blue or red, cut and dry, black and white. A lot of us are just figuring out this weird, messy, gray, purple middle area where we don't know what to post, or we don't know if we should be getting online, we don't know if we should be talking to people. So every day, I want to approach, and then I want to give you guys homework, you know, the school thing, uh, that you go into the world and you approach it with a loving heart. Everybody's on your side. Everybody's with you. We're all on the same team, the team of humanity. <laughs> the human race. It's all of us. I don't care where you came from. Because the last thing I want to say is when it comes to the church, people, I don't know why, but they talk about it so judgmentally. Like when I, when I work with youth, they're like, I can't go to church, I'll burst in the flames. It's like, hey man, don't worry, I'm pretty sure all our fire extinguishers are on code. Or I know where a hose is or something. 
It's like, I don't care where you came from, what you've done, where you've been, who your family is, what your past is full of. You always have a seat at my table. Because we're always going to talk about stuff. We're always going to hang out. You're always going to look at it from a different perspective. And that's awesome to me. So if we continue to just hold on to that faith, even when the going gets tough, if we continue to love everybody like Jesus loved, and God loved us, then we'll create a better tomorrow. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for all these wonderful people that listened to me. I know it was your words and you helped me through it, and that was truly amazing. I can't wait to see what this church does. They may be small, but they are full of faith. They're going to do amazing things and they're going to help me change the world. I already know it. I can't wait to see them just grow and prosper and become better. I can't wait to see the path you've created for them. And I can't wait to watch them go down it. I can't wait to see the path you created for me and for me to go down it. Please help everybody hold on to their faith and that love. And even in this crazy world, just have the wisdom to make their way through this world. I love you so much. In your name I pray. Amen.